Psalm 39, to the choir master, to Jeduthun, a psalm of David. I said, I will guard my ways, that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle, so long as the wicked are in my presence. I was mute and silent. I held my peace to no avail, and my distress grew worse. My heart became hot within me. As I mused, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Selah. Surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool. I am mute. I do not open my mouth. For it is you who have done it. Remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. When you discipline a man with rebukes for sin, you consume like a moth what is dear to him. Surely all mankind is a mere breath. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears. For I am a sojourner with you, a guest, like all my fathers. Away from me, that I may smile again, before I depart, and no more. End of reading. This psalm has uh, definitely a different kind of tone, especially at the ending here. Look away from me, that I may smile again, before I depart and am no more. It's a pretty... It's a pretty tough place to be in. Um, but anyway, this situation is interesting to me. It says that uh, at the beginning, David's saying, okay, I'm not going to say a word so long as the wicked are in my presence. That's in verse 1. So he says in verse 2, I was mute and silent. I held my peace to no avail. And my distress grew worse. So his, uh, I don't know, passivity uh, or idleness, the fact that he was mute and silent in the presence of the wicked made his distress worse. So I don't know all the details of that situation, but there are, I, I can definitely relate to times where, you know, there's, there's bad things happening around or things that you, that you know are wrong. Like wrong, wrong things and wrong people are prospering around you. And you're just like, okay, I'm going to be mute and silent. I'm going to hold my peace. But it's to no avail and the distress grows worse. And verse three, my heart became hot within me. It becomes, it becomes an even heavier burden. Uh, it becomes an even heavier angst. Or anxiety over the situation of 
the wicked in in your presence. So uh, verse three, my heart became hot within me as I mused the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue, couldn't help it anymore. <laughs> Had to speak up. So that's that was an interesting situation that I think I can relate to because sometimes you think like, okay, I'm going to sit this one out. I'm just going to mind my own business over here. And it actually gets worse. And uh, you you do reach a point where it's just like, okay, I guess I do have to say something now. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> uh, so I definitely found that situation relatable. Uh, moving on here. This is a really, I mean, this is this is a really wise thought here from David. Verse 4 through 6 is what I'm talking about. He says, O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. You know, a lot of motivational talk is to just completely ignore how fleeting you are, how frail you, frail you are how, you know, temporary or weak you are. Uh, the Spanish word débil comes to mind. Um, and David here is saying, make me know how fleeting I am. Our issue is not that we think too low of ourselves. Our issue is that we, we're not, we don't have a clear view of how fleeting we are. Uh, our issue is pride, and uh, this is cutting right to right to the heart. And David is asking for it. Let me know how fleeting I am. And he says in verse five, "You have made my day a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing for you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath." Yeah, lest anyone think David is just talking about himself. Like all oh, I am fleeting specifically. He says at the end of that thought, surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. Verse 6, surely a man goes about as a shadow. Surely for nothing they're in turmoil. Man heaps up wealth and does not know who will gather. That kind of has like Ecclesiastes vibes right there. Man heaps up wealth and doesn't know who, <laughs> who gets to keep the wealth after. Um, so... I like the the echoes there of that of that later wisdom literature. Um, then this next section here, verses seven through eleven, I guess I would say, uh, reminded me of the psalm of Psalm thirty eight, what we did on the on the previous episode, where he says, "And now, O Lord, for what do I wait?" And uh, it could be that in you know he's referring back to the situation from verses one through three, where the, the wicked were in his presence and he kept mute and silent. Because that's something that actually David said in Psalm 38 as well, that he kept mute and silent as uh, these people were plotting treachery against him. Maybe it's the same situation, maybe it's not. But uh, he also said that same thing, that he was as a mute man and as a deaf man before his, uh, his accusers, before those who persecute him. And uh, in that Psalm as well, David talks about that he will wait for the Lord in that situation. So uh, continuing here, verse seven. Now, O Lord, for what do I wait? Answer, my hope is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of the fool. 
Um, in verse nine, he says why he keeps he keeps his mouth shut. I am mute. I do not open my mouth, for it is you who have done it. And then, so the question then comes up: Well, what what is what is the it? Done what? Maybe he's talking about what he's referring to in verses 10 through 11. Remove your stroke from me. I am spent by the hostility of your hand. He's talking about God's hand, which again, that's similar to what we read in Psalm 38, where David says, your arrows have sunk into me. Heavy has your hand been upon me. And so there's a, there's a similar thing going on here. David is keeping mute and silent because of verse 8. His he knows they are his transgressions. And he knows that the discipline he is, he is suffering right now is God disciplining him. So he knows that um, what God is doing, but well, first, he knows that God is doing it. And secondly, he knows that God has a purpose in, in doing this. And in verse 4, maybe he's affirming that this discipline is letting him know how fleeting he is, making him know the end of his days. Maybe he's the man who's heaping up wealth and doesn't know who will gather. Maybe maybe David's talking about himself there, where he's saying, uh, I am realizing how fleeting I am through this process. And so he keeps mute from the scorn of these of these fools. He keeps silent when he hears them cursing him or scorning him because he knows ultimately the discipline that that he's enduring is far he he's enduring discipline far greater than the scorn of these little fools over here he's enduring the discipline of god which does have which does have uh ultimately a, a good purpose a beneficial purpose for david and so he's having that perspective um, it's kind of like when Jesus says, uh, you know, don't fear the one, don't fear the one who can, who can kill you, but fear the one who can cast your soul into hell. <laughs> um, you know, the, the scariest person, the most powerful person you should be afraid of is, is God, not Satan, not the devil, not, not his demons. Uh, and, and not in, in the case of David here, these fools who are, who are persecuting him. No, he knows that the, the person who has ultimate authority and all the power over him is God. And if, if God is against him, then absolutely everything is, is against him. Um, so if God is disciplining him, then that's, that's uh, the most severe discipline and most important and really the only important, exclusively important discipline that David should should consider consider excuse me uh, so he says when you discipline a man with rebukes for sin you consume like a moth what is dear to him surely all mankind is a mere breath so david is looking at his own transgressions in his life and the discipline that god is rightfully exercising over his his sin as a as a rebuke as a father disciplines his son like it says in hebrews uh, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He doesn't discipline people he doesn't love. Uh, discipline is a sign of, I care about you. 
I care about your progress. I care about you being better than this. If you don't care about something, someone, you you wouldn't you don't care about their sin. You don't care about dealing with their sin. It's it's too hard work. It's too much dedication. It's hard work dealing with sin. It's hard work rebuking people for their sin and and working with them to overcome that. Uh so this is the love of God. It's a it's for a period of time like it, like it also says in Hebrews. The discipline is for a period of time. So God disciplines the one whom he loves, but his discipline is not is not forever over his children. His discipline is for a purposeful period of time. And so David right now is writing it in the context of I'm I'm in the middle of that right now. Or that's at least what I how I interpret this. So when he says when he says look away from me that I may smile again, I don't think he means God please leave me forever. I, when it, when he says look away from me in verse 13, I think he's referring to okay, <laughs> that's enough that's enough spankings. I I get it now. Um just can we can we pass over this uh this discipline phase? <laughs> Um, so I think that's what he's saying there. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears. Um, and in verse 12, I am, a, I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. So he's talking about how right now he, he doesn't feel like, uh, you know, he doesn't want to be outcast or disciplined by God forever. He wants to be, to be family again in that, in that, uh, Peaceful, harmonious fellowship with God. Not like a stranger to God, but a family with God. Um, so uh, when, yeah, so when he says, look away from me that I may smile again before I depart and, I'm, and am no more. He is saying, I don't want my life to end with me being a rebel against you and you having to, to uh, be hostile toward me. And discipline me and rebuke me for my sin. I I want before my life is over for this sin to be overcome. So uh, to close this up, I think this Psalm 39 goes really well with uh, Psalm 38. What we read, there's a lot of uh, continuity in terms of the concepts, and uh, I like using that as a as a way of seeing the different different situations, David was in how um how he reacted to these different situations and the different thoughts that went into his mind and how he prayed uh and spiritually responded to to what god was doing in his life in those situations so um i really appreciate the perspective here from david definitely a lot of relatable stuff here and application for us so grow with the growth that's from God